All right, take your Bibles, stay standing, take your Bibles and turn to Psalm 118, Psalm 118 and verse number 24, Psalm 118 verse 24. So this is the verse that I see first every morning of my life because my wife stenciled this verse on our bedroom wall. And uh, this is the verse, every morning when I wake up, my eyes open up, and this is the very first thing I see. So it's a very important verse. And this is a very important message, let me just tell you. Psalm 118 and verse 24, I'll read it once, then we're going to read it out loud together, and then we're going to sing it. So if Tyler Johnson would come, and I've asked Emily to play, but I'll go ahead and read it, this is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Would you all say with me Psalm 118, verse 24 together, everyone together. This is the day we will rejoice and be glad. Okay, now we get to sing it, Brother Johnson. All right, you all know this song? Okay, let's go ahead and start clapping. Yeah. And if you know this song, wait, before we start, if you know this song, you know there's a call and there's an echo, right? So our call is going to be this 10, our echo is going to be that 10, and if you're in the middle, you get to pick a side. So we'll have this is the day, and then this is the day. So the call, the echo. If you're in the middle, join a side that you feel is hurting a little bit. So here we go, clap along as we sing as well. Ready? This is the day. That the Lord hath made, we will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord hath made, we will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Now stay, stay. Because we have some winners this morning. So I came over here at 5 a.m. this morning and I put some things under three seats. Can't call you up. So I put that. We're going to need that. That's very important. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Gay. Um, you know what? We can, hey, this is kind of cool. They got a little clip over here. There you go. There you go. Okay, so if you look under your seat right now, and if you've got one, don't come up, but if you've got one, look under your seat. By the way, uh, Evelyn and Mallory, you guys may want to look around there too. Maybe not that seat, but around there. But there should be one under that tent there. There should be one under that tent there. And there should be one somewhere. Yeah, you might want to look right around there. There should be one somewhere there. Do I have my winner over here? Okay, hold on to that. Do I have my winner over here? Okay. And, and, and Evelyn's our other winner. Okay, so here's what I want you to do. Tell me the gift card that you have on your envelope. What do you got? What do you got? Don't open your envelope up. Whatever you do, don't open it up. It's on your... It, what do you say? No, no. Well, don't get what's inside of it. The, the gift card's on the outside. What'd you get? 
you don't know what that is? Well, that's pretty simple because it's Chick-fil-A, Starbucks, or, or In-N-Out. Okay, what did you get? Chick-fil-A. What'd you get, Evelyn? Starbucks. What'd you get over here? In-N-Out. Now, some of you are saying, Dr. Scheller, I sat in the wrong seat today. No, you didn't. Because there's another gift in that envelope. I'd like to have all three of you open up the other gift. The other gift is from God. Now, I gave you the gift card, but the other gift is from God. And I want you to open up the other gift and show the people around you what God gave you. What did God give you? Oh, <laughs> Thank Doctor, I can't preach without you, man. Thank you so much. God gave you today. And every one of you say, can I have the Chick-fil-A? <laughs> well, you know what? That's my challenge today. My challenge today is at the end of this chapel, you can say, what God's given me today is far better than in and out What God's given me today is better than Starbucks and even better than Chick-fil-A. So I got a big challenge because right now you're going, nah, I think I'd take the Chick-fil-A thing right now. <laughs> But I want you to know this is an incredible gift. Now, I pastored a man for 18 years. He's a, quite a, a grammarian. And I called him up this morning. Matter of fact, some of you probably had his books in school uh, under Rebecca Books. His name's Dr. Jim Chapman. And he is the greatest grammarian I have ever known in my entire life. And I called him today, this morning and I said, why is there a two before the word day? Why don't we say this day or whatever? And he said to me, Pastor, I don't know, but I'm going to find it out. So for the last hour and a half, he's been studying Oxford Dictionary on why there is a two. And he called me up and he said, hey, that was extremely interesting. He said the word two has the idea of this, but it means that there is an appointed something on it. In other words, today... There is something for you to do. There is a something that you're supposed to get a hold of today. And I want to talk to you today about three areas of your life that will change your college if you get it today. Let's have a word of prayer. Then you can sit down. And I want to pray that you will thank the Lord for the day that God has given you and how the person who masters his days, his steps, and his thoughts will have mastered the Christian life. I'm telling you, the Christian life is day by day. The Christian life is step by step. And the Christian life is thought by thought. If you can get the three principles that I give you today, your life will never be the same. Dr. Getch, I can honestly say that when I prayed this morning, I said, Lord, this is one of the most important messages I've ever preached. I do, because you know what? I truly believe if you will not be just hearers of the word, but doers of what you hear today, your life will never be the same. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the beautiful weather. I thank you for the incredible student body. And Lord, I do believe in what I'm about to deliver from your word today. I believe that if these students, there's so many things on my heart I wanted to preach today. 
Father, you know all of the different messages and things that crossed my mind in the last two weeks about this chapel. But Lord, I believe this is the most helpful thing that I know that I can give this student body. Other people could probably give more helpful things. But Lord, I don't know of anything that I would rather have this student body get a hold of than what they're going to hear about today. So Lord, we dedicate this message to you, this day to you. We do believe, Lord, that a gift of a day is something we ought to rejoice and steward well. May we steward our steps, our thoughts, and our days well at West Coast Baptist College. So we dedicate this chapel to you and pray that you'll use it mightily. We ask these things in Jesus' name. And God's children said, you may be seated. If you take your Bibles, turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter number 4. Years ago, when I was a youth pastor, I took a group of teenagers to the Bill Rice Ranch. We had about 125 teenagers go to the ranch. We took them every year, and God worked every year. This year was a little unique, though. It was um, Sunday night. They don't normally have an invitation, but the Sunday night message was just anointed of God, and I just thought, boy, this is going to be great. Kids are going to really respond this week. Man, what a great beginning. Monday morning, we had uh, another message, and it was just like tailor-made for my teenagers. Monday night, and then Tuesday morning came, and we began to have invitations. And something happened that Tuesday morning that I'd never had happened before as a youth pastor and a group to to camp. There was maybe back then, I don't know, there could have been upwards to 700 teenagers at the ranch that week. Not one of my teenagers moved. Not one of them. The messages had been, I just thought, oh, Tuesday morning, it's just going to flood the aisles. The message was amazing. It was exactly what our teenagers, not a junior high girl moved. I said, what in the world? Tuesday night, I think it was one of the greatest messages at that point I had ever heard at the ranch. Not one of our teenagers moved. Not one. I mean, young people are coming from all over, and not one of mine. Wednesday morning, chapel, nobody moves. I'm going, something's going on. I went to behind the cabin. I took about six or eight of my guys that I considered leaders in our youth group. And I'll be honest, they were pretty good guys. And I get them in the back and I said, hey guys, what's going on? And and they all just look at me like, what are you talking about, Pastor John? I said, what's going on in the youth group? And they go like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. Guys, we've been here for three days. And not one of our teenagers has made a decision yet. What's the problem? And they put their heads down. I called out, Scott, Dave, Tim, what's going on? One of the guys raises his hand, Scott, or raises his head, and he says, well, you know, Pastor Shelley, we come every year to the ranch. Yeah, I know. And, And we come and we make a bunch of decisions. I know, isn't that great? Yeah, and then two weeks later, after we get home, we don't we we go back the same way. So this year, as a youth group, we got together. <laughs> when did this happen? 
And we made a decision that we wouldn't make any decisions because we don't keep them anyhow. And I looked at those guys and I said, guys, can I tell you something? That's from the pit of hell. Because when you ever in your spiritual life ever stop making decisions, you will never grow in your spiritual life. Now let me tell you something, college students. There's only two ways that I know scripturally how a person grows. Number one, they keep making spiritual decisions. Hey, you know what? I made a lot of decisions about devotions and having devotions every day before I started having devotions every day. I would do it for like two weeks and I'd stop. I'd go like, yeah, you know, I got away from that. I made a decision I was going to have God nighttime every day and I don't have it now. And, you know, there's a, but I kept on making decisions. And now for the last 30 some years, I have God nighttime every day. But I made a lot of decisions before that occurred. You can't ever stop making decisions. But number two, you got to have godly discipline. You got to make godly decisions and you got to have godly discipline. Because it is true. A week after, an hour after a decision's made, if you don't start building discipline, then you will never keep to the decisions that you make. Never stop making decisions, young person. College students, keep your heart tender all of your life. I still make decisions. Very rarely do I go through a week that through my God and I time or through messages I hear, I don't make decisions. But then we got to add godly discipline. So I want to talk to you about the three-step process to a godly disciplined life. And I want to give you three things that I truly do believe will change your life. And college student, my heart has been so full of so many things that I wanted to preach today, but I believe this is what the Lord had for you today. Step number one, simple daily faith. Simple daily faith. How? What is this, the three-step process to a godly disciplined life? Number one, simple daily faith. Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it is impossible to please God without faith. Now, here's how we look at this. We look at this as, yeah, and I took that big step of faith, and here I'm at West Coast, as if there's no more steps anymore. You can't please God today without taking steps of faith. Every day of your life, you have, if, if you're going to please God, You've got to take simple, daily faith steps. Every day of your life, you have to be living by faith. See, some of you live by faith to come. Some of you live by faith for this area or that area, but you don't catch it with the daily thing. Now, all three points is going to have the word daily in it because that's the key. Every day, we've got to do this. Brother Scheller, what simple daily faith do I need to have? Thanks for asking. Here they are. Number one, you need to have simple daily faith in your position, in your purpose, and in your passion. Every day of your life, you have to take a step of faith about your position. Listen to what it says in Romans chapter. Oh, we're, 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 we're in 1 Timothy. I, oh, I need to give you the 1 Timothy passage. That's where you are, right? 1 Timothy. Yeah. 1 Timothy chapter 4, look at verse 7 and 8 but refuse profane and old wives' fables. And then look at this. And gymnasium, there's the Greek word, and exercise 
thyself rather unto godliness. Man, and that word exercise is a present imperative. It is continual action. It is the word we get gymnasium from, where you're lifting weights, where you're practicing, where you're working out. Exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Well, by the way, Brother Chill, you know we don't get a lot of exercise around here. Well, look at the next verse. For bodily exercise profit a little, but godliness is profitable for all unto all things. Hey, college students, you gotta exercise yourself every day in simple faith steps. Let me tell you the first one is your position in Christ. You gotta, you gotta trust the Lord. You gotta have simple daily faith every day of your life in the area of your position. Look at Romans chapter 6. Verse number 11, most of you can quote it. Romans 6, 11. Likewise, reckon, count on it, it's done. Ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So every day of your life, you have to have simple daily faith to believe the position that you're in. Let me tell you the position that you're in. Number one, you're a child of God. Start acting like it. You're God's child. You're a child of the King of Kings. See your position and have a simple daily faith step and act like a child of God. Does a child of God talk like that? Does a child of God act that way? Does a child of God think that way? Those are daily steps of faith because of your position. You know, we celebrated, Marilee and I celebrated our 40th wedding anniversary uh, about two, three weeks ago, on August 16th, we celebrated 40 years together. And I remember the first morning I woke up after as a married man. I was just like, I, 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 I know I'm married, but I don't feel any different. And you know what? For the last 40 years, I've been trying to live by faith the position that I have as a husband. I mean, every day I'm a husband, so act like a husband. By the way, how many of you in here are men? Raise your hand. Your gender is male. Start acting like your position. How many of you are females? Raise your hand. Start acting your gender. Your position takes a step of faith. Start believing what you are in Christ. You'll never have victory over sin until you take your step of faith daily. You know what? Reckon yourself in dead indeed on the sin. You know what? I don't have to do this anymore. I don't have to be attached. Now, that word dead, sometimes we don't understand the word. Now, they didn't have electricity back then when Paul wrote the book of Romans. But, so, but give me, let me give you an illustration that will help you the rest of your life. The word dead there means to be unplugged. Now, the idea of the Greek word is inoperative. It's not working. It's not, but for us today, we got a great illustration. It's something that's unplugged. So we could have these microphones up here, and they could be sitting here, but if they're not plugged in, they're not going to work. Let me tell you what you've got to believe every day of your life. You've got to take a simple, daily step of faith and believe that you are unplugged from your, from your flesh. Your flesh isn't going to go anywhere. It's going to be present as long as you're in this body. But you got to take a simple daily step of faith to believe, you know what, I'm not plugged into that. I don't have to look at that on that, t uh, on that telephone. 
I don't have to say this. I am not plugged in. I have been dead. Reckon yourself to be dead indeed on the sin. That's a daily step that you have to take. Number two is your purpose. Now, let me tell you, you got to do this every day. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.24, faithful is he who calleth you who also will do it. You have to, every day of your life, take your step of faith of the purpose of why you're here. This is how you make it through college. You make it through college because you have a step of faith, God. You called me to West Coast. Some days I don't feel like I want to be at West Coast. Some days I don't understand why I'm at West Coast. But God, I'm taking my step of faith. There is a purpose that you have for me here, so I stay here by faith. And every day of my life, I have to go back to my calling and say, okay, I've got, I'm called to teach this class. I'm called to go do this thing. Every day of your life, college student, you have to take a step of faith about your purpose. Because if you don't, you know, Brother Scheller, can I just say something? Yeah. I'm not sure I'm called. Okay, so everyone stop here for a moment. Well, my thing is, I'm not sure I'm even called here. Okay, first of all, you're sitting in a chair in Lancaster, California. You're on the campus of West Coast. Guys, listen to me. You're in his will being here. You wouldn't have been here. God would have done. You're here. You need to accept that and say, but God, I don't know my purpose in life, so maybe I shouldn't be at college because I don't. This is the place to find that. This is the place where you find that purpose. But if you don't live by faith, every day of your life, you've got to take a step of faith and believe, God, you called me here, your purpose. you got to have your position. Every day, you've got to take that. And number three, your passion. Philippians 3.10, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, in the fellowship of his suffering. You've got to be here for Christ, guys. You've got to know that Jesus Christ is the greatest, most important relationship that you have. And that relationship is a daily relationship. I want to be real transparent with you about something this morning. Marilee and I were apart this, this summer for the longest period of time we've ever been apart in 40 years. For six weeks, I traveled, and Marilee and I were apart. I want to tell you something. I called her every day. I texted her every day. We talked every day. I sent her some cards. We did things every day on the phone. But you know what? When Marilee and I got back together again, there was a distance. I I'm just being honest with you. I had not been with my wife for six weeks, and there just was, it wasn't like a tension. It was kind of like I, man, do I, I've lived with her for 40 years. But for the longest period of my life, I was away from her. And I will tell you, I did the texting, we did the phone calls, but there wasn't that daily passion to be with Mary Lee after six weeks. And that, has to, that had to be rekindled again. And both Mary Lee and I have even talked about that the last couple weeks. It's almost like we had to, we've been together for 40 years. But I'm telling you something. A relationship with Christ is daily. You've got to be with Christ every day. 
There's got to be a passion for the Lord. You can't go weeks without Christ. You can't go days without Christ. You've got to develop and work at that relationship. Your love towards the Lord is not permanent. Your love for the Lord is daily. Got to have daily. You got to take a step of faith with your passion, with your purpose, and with your position. Number two, you, number one, you got to have simple daily faith. Number two, you got to have structured daily routines. You have to have structured daily routines. Brother Sean, I don't like the, the word routines. You know, I didn't like that word either. And I'm not a, like a real big routine guy. But when I looked up the definition of routine, I go like, I love that word. Organized methods designed to accomplish your goals. Isn't that a great definition? Routines. Organized methods designed to accomplish your goals. Now, let me tell you what you got to have. You got to have daily or structured daily routines. You will always be what, you, what you've always been if you keep doing what you've always done. College is that opportunity. Okay, so I was talking to you about the teenagers. I said, okay, you got to make decisions when you go to camp, okay? If you go to camp, you got to make decisions. But when you go to Bible college, you got to make routines. Now the discipline starts coming in. And that discipline is by structured daily routines that you need to start getting into. Dr. Shuttler, this all this stuff is just like, this is so much out of my comfort zone. There's so many things happening. I, I, there's nothing that seems routine. Okay, now listen, college students, it is therefore more important this semester that you get into routines than any semester you've ever been at. Some of you seniors are going like, wow, this is just, I, I'm not used to this term thing. I'm not used to hour and a half classes. I, I'm not used to outside. I'm not, I know none of us are. If you ever set up routines, you need to set up routines right now. I'll give you three words. These are really good. Number one, seek, she, uh, schedule, and sacrifice. So listen about seek. Every person here has got to get into a routine of seeking God every day. That is just imperative for a Bible college student, for a believer in Jesus Christ. Every one of you have got to seek God every day. And you've got to make that a routine. It's just, well, sometimes I don't get, my, I don't get much out of my devotion. Well, I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But, you know, look, you've got to get a routine. And you've got to have a place. You have to have a time. You have to have a method. I don't care what method you use. Sprinklers, there's tons of different kinds of sprinklers, but they all spread water out. Find a sprinkler, okay? Find a method. Have a place, have a time, have a method, have a word. I'm so big on this. I never have my devotions that I don't come away with a word from God's word that I've defined, that I've looked up, and I went like, that is the coolest thing in the world. And then you have to have a takeaway. You never have a God and I time that you don't take something away that you can apply in your life. You have not had God and I time. If you have not taken something away from God and I time, you have not had it. The group that just sang up here, when we traveled together almost every day, we studied the Proverbs for that day. And we got together. 
And at the end, we do about 45 minutes or so. We go through the Proverbs of the day. I loved it. And I think that I think the college students love it too, but I, they'll tell you. We never left that time. I said, so what was your verse today? What is your takeaway today? What are you taking away from Proverbs 7, from Proverbs 18? What are you taking away from it? Don't you ever study the Word of God without taking something away. By the way, can I go further with that? Don't you go to a 90-minute class and not take something away from it. And aren't you glad you have professors and instructors that give you stuff in your 90-minute classes? Don't you always take something away. Seek God. That is a routine that you got to get. Number two is schedule. you got to get, you, and what's the purpose of a schedule, Dr. Shelley? It organizes your priorities. You've got to get a schedule. Now, I met with a couple students yesterday, and this is what I told them to do. I want to see by Friday an entire week, starting at 6 in the morning till 11 o'clock at night, half hour increments of time, I want you to put down it. Now, there's going to be a lot of opens there. By the way, you'll be amazed at how much free time you have, actually. But I want you to put down what you're doing all week long. we got to get a schedule. we got to get organized because otherwise we won't do our priorities. Now, some of you that have been here for a while, this term thing is like, you know, I'm kind of liking this. I'm only taking two classes or I'm only taking three classes or I'm kind of liking this thing. Well, you've got midterms coming up like in a couple days, okay? Things are happening. Guys, you have got to have a schedule and you've got to get organized as soon as possible. Boy, i got to get going. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. The purpose of a schedule is to organize your priorities, what's important. And then number three, and if you're ever going to structure daily routines, number three is as important as seek God and schedule. It really is, and that's sacrifice. You cannot have a structured daily routine without saying no to certain things. This has been the hardest part of me with routines. I do good with the seeking God every day, and I actually, you can ask Brother Bundy, I have a schedule all the time. You know what my problem comes in? That I want to do everything. And you can't do everything, college student. So something's got to get sacrificed. It's something that could be, by the way, sometimes that's between boyfriend-girlfriend times. Yeah, I knew that'd be quiet. But sometimes that is. Sometimes you've got to sacrifice that time because you've got to work. You've got to do certain things. Listen to me. You cannot have structured daily routines without putting something on the altar every day. You know what? I'm not going to be able to do that today. I've got to say no to that. Man, I'd like to do that, but I've got to sacrifice that. Then number three, and we're done, sustained daily patience. Now, I think this is the absolute key to, to living the godly disciplined life. Simple daily faith, structured daily routines, and sustained daily patience. Take your Bible and turn to James 1. We're almost done. James chapter 1. Let me just give you something really quick. James chapter 1. And in James chapter 1, my brethren, count it all joy... When you fall into many, divers, temptations, all kinds of trials. When you go fall into these, knowing this, that the trying of your faith, and that's what's happening with every student here. We're being tried in our faith. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith produces, worketh patience, it comes out. But let patience have her perfect work, that it may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. The key to the Christian life is a day-by-day experience. 
and you have to sustain daily patience. That means you got to support, you got to endure, you got to make it through. I got three words for that. Number one, patience, they're all nots. Patience is not instant. So I uh, went to my pantry this morning and I, I have a little box of instant lemon pudding, okay? So I want to say, it says right there, it says instant, right on the, on the box, instant. What's it say on the box? Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen to this. Directions for instant pudding. <laughs> okay, so if something is instant, it can don't need directions for it. I should open it up and I should be able to eat it, okay? This is the directions for instant pudding. Beat pudding mix into two cups of cold uh, milk in a bowl with a wire whisk for two minutes. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't put instant on the box if I got to take it out and I got to put milk in it. Don't put instant on the box if I got to beat it up for two minutes. But it doesn't stop. Instant pudding. Pour at once into four individual serving dishes. Whoa, whoa. And then look at this. Listen to this. Let sit for at least five minutes. Wait a second. It says instant. So college students, I know you're sitting there like, what is your point? If instant pudding isn't even instant, the disciplined godly life is not instant. Nobody instantly becomes godly. I'm just telling you that right now. You might have instantly become a child of God, but you didn't instantly develop character. Instant pudding isn't even instant. And I'm telling you this, the disciplined character, Christian life is not an instant thing. You have to have sustained daily patience. It's every day, it's every step, it's every thought that you have to take. Number two, patience is not easy. Man, this is going to take some grit. This is your trying of your faith. It's going to produce patience. It's going to take some grit to make it through this term. But you guys got to do it if you're going to be laborers in the harvest. And then patience is not quitting. Because the word literally means steadfast endurance like a marathon runner who runs 26 miles and 385 yards and his laxid acid is forming in his lungs and he's, or in his, in his legs and he's hurting and he's in pain, but he keeps going. College students, come on. You can't be a laborer without patience. In order for you to succeed as a, as a believer in Christ, you have to have sustained daily patience. What's well, obvious what the key word has been today. It has been daily. It has been daily. And I want to just tell you this, college students. I have no idea what's going to come down the pike. I have no idea what the next few weeks are going to be, but I will tell you this. The key to this term, the key to this semester, is doing the right things every day. Don't make some decision for something. Okay, you made some huge decisions that you're even on this piece of property right now. Thumbs up, man. But now it's daily. It's got to be daily simple faith. It's got to be daily structured routines. 
and it's got to be daily sustained patience, and you take day by day. The thing about this message is you, if you know Jim Shetler at all, I love diversity. I don't like routines. I'm not a structured guy. But at 63 years of age, college student, I will tell you, I don't make it through the Christian life without doing some things daily, without doing some things step by step, and without doing some things with my thoughts every day of my life. I hiked the Grand Canyon several times. I've hiked out of the Grand Canyon down to the, Grand, down to the Colorado River. And I've noticed something. Every time I've ever hiked the Grand Canyon, you know what I saw more than anything else? Rocks. That was second. You know what I saw more than anything else? Beautiful views. No, that's like fifth, sixth, or seventh on the list. You know what I saw more than anything else when I've hiked the Grand Canyon? The tops of my feet. That's what I saw more than anything else. Man, you can't be walking and looking around all the time. Gang, we can't always be looking at the ministry we're going to be in. We can't always be having that vision out there. we got to take step by step, day by day. And you've got to keep focused on today. Some of you are already wearing out. You know why? You're looking down the road. I, you know what? I'm not going to be able to do this mass thing for three weeks. You don't have to do the mass thing for three weeks. You just have to do it today. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what about tomorrow? Well, you know what? God's grace will be there for tomorrow. God's grace isn't there today. Man, I, I'm not going to make it in my class. Can you make it today to your class? You just got to take day by day, college student. You don't have to live your life four months down the road, four weeks down the road, or four days down the road. Live your Christian life today. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it.